Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. G'day and welcome to That's Incredible, a podcast about the unexpectedly awesome things that are literally all around us, things you may have never noticed before. Like, have you ever gone a whole day without hearing any music? No beat, no... I bet you haven't. I mean, music is literally everywhere. On the radio, outside when the birds are singing, in the movies in computer games. Even that sound, that awful sound when Dad's in the shower and he's going, The hills are alive with the sound of soaping. If that's in your life, you've got music. And how about singing? Do you like it? Do you get scared if you have to sing in front of other people? What if you had to sing in front of someone really important? Say, the Queen. As in the Queen of England, as in I'll have a cup of tea with that. Well, that's what our guest today had to do. She got to sing in front of the Queen and whilst nervous, I think she was pretty excited as well. Before we get to that incredible story of performing in front of Queen Elizabeth II, our chorus of incredible kids is back with a mixtape of some catchy musical factoids. The world's loudest musical instrument is six times louder than a steam train's whistle. The pipe organ from the Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City in the USA is the world's loudest musical instrument. It's made from more than 33,000 pipes. That's a lot. The British Navy uses Britney Spears songs to scare off pirates. Matey. Pirates off the coast of Africa apparently hate Western culture and music, so when they come close to British Navy ships, they blast Britney Spears songs to scare them away. The first Australians used songs to store all their knowledge. Indigenous Australians sang songs when they travelled across the land. It wasn't just to pass the time, because these song lines help people teach and save information. They also contain knowledge about seasons, plants and animals, so they can pass the information on and remember it. A famous composer once wrote a song that was just silence. 4.33 by composer John Cage is 4 minutes and 33 seconds of nothing. Huh? It's six pages of blank sheet music and has been performed thousands of times, sometimes by a piano player sitting at the piano with the lid shut, sometimes by a full orchestra sitting on the stage doing nothing. The best part about 4.33 is that each time it's performed, it sounds different. There's always a dog barking somewhere in the background. 
an audience member coughing or burping, <coughs> a truck driving past. It's really popular, even though the composer's mum thought it was silly. Silly boy! Music makes plants grow faster. In South Korea, scientists play 14 different classical music pieces in the rice fields and found the music made the crops grow faster. That means plants might have genes that help them hear. The lyrebird can copy other birds and humans. <coughs> have you ever seen a lyrebird? They're a bird with a long tail that lives on the ground in forest and they're really good at copying sounds. They can copy other birds, but they can also copy sounds like a car alarm, dog barks or a chainsaw. A bird that sounds like a chainsaw is pretty scary. Oh, how about that? How good is John Cage with his song 433? Six pages of silence. And the thing I like most about that one is that his mum said it was silly. So next time you're doing something, like right now, you're looking at your sister, you're thinking, <laughs> I'm going to do something silly, and your mum says, that's silly, go, hey, John Cage, six pages of no music, it's a masterpiece, mum, this is not silly. All right, imagine what it would be like to sing in front of someone as posh and as important as the Queen. Lucy Durack has done just that, but she's also performed in some of the world's biggest musicals. She was in Wicked. She's going to tell us what it's like to stand on stage in front of thousands of people and what it was like performing for Her Majesty the Queen. My name is Lucy Durack. I am an actress and a singer. To do a show, you arrive at the theatre and you do your vocal warm-up and a physical warm-up. Often you'll end up doing a physical warm-up on stage with the rest of your cast members. And then you go to your dressing room and you put on your show underwear because you have to wear specific underwear that's not going to show through your costume. I usually have to wear a wig, so I have to pull all my hair up into a stocking cap and put on a wig and often a tiara because I've played quite a lot of princess-type roles who wear tiaras. And a big dress. And then you go and you do your sound check. Check, check one, check. Then you stand on stage waiting for that curtain to go up and for the show to start. I always feel a little bit nervous and excited, even if I've done the show a lot, like I did. I played Glinda in Wicked for 1,300 shows and I still would feel a bit nervous. I always like it if I have a prop to start a show with because if I can grab onto a prop and hold it really tightly, it feels like a safety blanket or something and that calms me down a bit. But it's, it's a good feeling. I like the feeling of being nervously excited. It's like adrenaline. Singing an anthem at a big event like the AFL Grand Final, the State of Origin, it's so exciting and so nerve-wracking and I always worry that maybe I'm going to forget the words and if you're going to forget the words to a song, you don't want it to be the Australian anthem because everybody knows those words and everybody would know that you'd messed it up. Oh, no! 
And you're often there for hours and hours beforehand um, doing a little rehearsal and a sound check and getting your hair and makeup done and getting dressed. And so the anticipation builds and builds and then finally you get to go and you usually get to walk past the players and they're so excited because, I mean, my thing's going to last for about a minute and their thing is a lot bigger. So that actually calms me down when I look at the players. I always think, oh, well, you have a lot more pressure and a lot more things that you have to do for the next few hours. But it's so thrilling and you stand usually on a podium and everybody usually stands in the stadium to sing with you and it's quite emotional. I actually often feel really overwhelmed in a beautiful way to sing with a huge crowd and I'm really proud to be Australian so I love singing our anthem and then shortly after the anthem that's it that's usually one of the last things that happens before the game starts before kickoff. I always sung when I was a kid. I grew up in the suburbs in Perth, in Western Australia, and we lived next to a park. And I just sung usually outside on my own in our garden. And I used to sing out to the park. And I would sing just to nobody. And in fact, if somebody did come along, I'd get shy and probably not sing for a bit. But I spent a lot of time singing just on my own didn't sing professionally until I had a very lucky break when I was 11. The high school music teacher at the school that I was at auditioned the primary school students to be in the children's chorus of the opera Carmen with the WA Opera Company. And it was the most wonderful experience of my life. We were these kind of ragamuffin street kids and we wore these costumes that they'd dyed in Vegemite that smelt really awful and we looked really <laughs> grubby and but I loved being part of it and everything about it seemed so glamorous and so wonderful and when it was finished I cried and cried anytime I ever heard every time I heard that I'd been floods of tears so sad that it was over because I thought maybe I never would get a chance to do anything ever again on a stage and I just had loved it so much Performing for the Queen was thrilling and kind of, I feel like it was a bit of an out-of-body experience. I'd been asked only probably about two weeks beforehand and I was allowed to bring somebody so I brought my sister Kate who got the day off work and she and I had gone and bought dresses especially for the occasion and fascinators for our heads and we'd chosen colours that we thought the Queen would like so Kate had chosen a beautiful aqua garden party sort of dress and I'd chosen a lemon dress and I got to sing the British Royal Anthem and the Australian Anthem and it was very very nerve-wracking because you're singing God Save the Queen to the Queen. It was so incredible and I got to sing with the band from WAPA, the WA Academy of Performing Arts, and they were all instructed to wear black. So I was in Lemon and Kate was close by. A lot of people who were a lot fancier than us had been given these name tags that had a special sticker that said they were going to be able to meet the Queen and we didn't have those. But because I'd just sung, they had a velvet rope in front of where I'd sung and nobody was standing there because of the performance. And so as soon as we finished the performances, I just was like, oh my gosh, we might be able to go and at least be close to, to getting a glimpse of the Queen. So I quickly gestured to Kate and we went over to the velvet rope 
and Kate and I have been practising our curtsy, so we did these huge curtsies. The Queen, honestly, from about 20 or 30 metres away, made a beeline for Kate and I and came over and started chatting to us and we could not believe it. We were so excited. And the newspaper took a photo that my mum has since gotten a copy of and now Kate and I both have a copy of and they're in our houses of us chatting to the Queen. It actually looks like she's told a hilarious joke and we're laughing. But I don't think she did. From memory, she was just being really polite and really lovely. And Kate and I were just so excited that we have these huge smiles. It almost looks like we're laughing. How about Lucy Jurak? I mean, she is a superstar with nerves of steel. How are you going with your nerves? Are you game to take on a bit of a music quiz? Who can shout out the answer the quickest? I'll give you a quick test question. Okay, true or false? Your right hand is located on the right-hand side of your body. Yes! Unless you're facing backwards. No, no, it's always on the right-hand side of your body. Every single time. Okay, listen, I'm just going to ask the questions. You answer them. For this one, you'll need to shout out true or false. A lyrebird can copy the sound of a chainsaw. Oh my God, that's a terrible sound. But did you shout true over the top of the sound of the chainsaw? If you did, you are correct. The lyrebird copies all sorts of things, especially songs, because the way to a lady lyrebird's heart is music. And so lyrebirds, which is not liar as in not telling the truth, but what they do is they steal the songs of other birds to impress the lady lyrebirds. So lyrebirds are liars because they're using other birds' songs, but they're also lyrebirds. I know. Back to the questions. So you remember that song we learned about earlier, the one called 433. Do you remember how it goes? If you do, sing the tune now. Did you sing nothing? By accident or on purpose? It doesn't matter. If you did nothing, you were right. It was a song of silence. How about this? Who can sing the song the British Navy might use to scare away pirates? Oh, it's still terrible. Who sang the Britney Spears song? You're right. It's time to make some music of our own now and we're going to do it with things we can find in our everyday life. So that John Cage guy, he's the dude who wrote that song 433, the silent song. I know I seem stuck on that. I just can't imagine you would do it. He wrote some other pretty amazing things as well. There was a song that you would play on a cactus. So you'd use the cactus as the instrument. And there was another one, and do not do this. Literally, do not do this. The idea was to set a piano on fire and then play the firing piano. Don't do that. But let's see what we can do. See what you can find around the house to turn into an instrument, like a couple of rubber bands. Even, like, if you take a ruler and put two rubber bands along the long way of the ruler, you can play that like a guitar, like a twanger or fill a plastic bottle with water and then blow across the top. That'll make a wind instrument. Get your thongs and clap your thongs together and then try your mum's thongs or your dad's thongs. 
See what you can find. I mean, literally, it can be anything. A pot with a spoon. <coughs> Mum and Dad will love that. If you go into your grandparents' place, they'll love it even more. They love it when kids bang pots with spoons, especially wooden spoons. Make a video and please send it to us at podcast at mamamia.com.au. All right, you get playing, send us your musical masterpieces and we'll see you in the next episode of That's Incredible. 